three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, ladies, gentlemen, days, and gays. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. Hope you're all having a great night, day, weekend, whenever you're checking this out. I've got a review for the latest offering by Michael Marin, who you most likely know uh, from being a um, a war correspondent, which um, he went ahead and did a short film Uh, Not a short film, but he wrote this film called A Short History of Decay back in 2014. So you've most likely heard of him, but this is really a big film for him in A Little White White Lie, which is based on a book, which I was not privy to before I watched the film. But the cast in this movie is kind of fucking nuts. Uh, Michael Shannon, Kate Hudson... um, uh, Kate Hudson, um, Don Johnson, uh, Wendy Malick. I- I'm a huge Just Shoot Me nerd. I've talked about that show quite a bit. And, of course, Owl House and Hot in Cleveland. I love Wendy Malick. Uh, Jimmy Simpson. Um, uh, it's 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 a hell of a cast. And uh, Michael Shannon is also producer on this film. And so, in short, <clears throat> pardon me, the film is about um, Michael Shannon, who plays... Uh, plays the handyman who has been who's gone through a lot. He went ahead and his partner left him. He's just a basic handyman drinking, hanging out in his own bubble. And he goes ahead and gets this call from Kate Hudson Simone. Basically, um, he gets some mail that <laughs> he's not supposed to get. But in long story short, he goes ahead and pretends that he's this author named Shriver who has never had a real good picture taken of him and he's been hanging out he's basically been a recluse off the grid for the last I want to say it's like 20 years and so Michael uh, Michael Shannon because he thinks that this could potentially have you know a cash payout or maybe he gets a car uh, there's a great <laughs> there's a great bit with the car that I'll save for you to explore but it's about him going ahead and maybe being more of a writer, more of an artist than he actually believes, and maybe not being a piece of shit. Maybe, maybe he's Shriver, maybe he's not, maybe he sucks, maybe he doesn't. And this takes place over three days. And what I really enjoy about this movie is, as you know, I've talked about how I love awkward comedy. Uh, something like Party Down, which... That third season is streaming right now on Stars, by the way. But I love something like Party Down because it really is just the essence of awkward, where <laughs> where that show makes you sit in awkward situations and just makes you cringe and go, "Oh God, I don't want to be here. Why are you doing this to me?" And this movie in particular reminds me very much of a French film, where it's one of those French comedies where things get a little wacky, things get a little insane but you feel the walls closing in on the main character. And that is the true joy of this movie because I know we talk about Michael Shannon and we talk about, you know, 
uh, him and Man of Steel. We talk about him in something like Midnight Special or, um, oh my gosh, Wama Blake on Michael Shannon Rolls. Uh, you know, Shape Shape of Water, Nocturnal Animals, Revolutionary Road, 99 Homes, which is amazing if you've not seen 99 Homes, by the way. But we, we think about him so much as a dramatic actor. And this is more of a dramedy, is what I would say. Because there's a lot of moments in this movie that I genuinely laughed out loud. But a lot of it is because of the awkward nature of this film, which is heavily intentional. One thing I really like about this film is that when Shannon, uh, when Shriver is at home before he goes and makes his trip, there are multiple points where he is just staring at the ceiling and he sees this watermark that's formed. And the way that that watermark comes into play as far as him expressing himself artistically, I thought was fucking beautiful. Like, it's one of those things where you, like, you see it and you probably know, obviously, that will come into play. But the way that Shannon uses that in the monologue that he ends up delivering about what that watermark has symbolized in his life, it was one of those things I went, wow, that's really poignant and really quite powerful, the way that he goes ahead and relays that to not just the students who are hanging on his every word, but to us, the audience. Also, uh, just to tie back to the watermark real quick, uh, Shriver also has a orange cat that looks so much like my partner and I's orange cat Milo. So I immediately was like, yep, Shriver's the best. He has an orange cat. <laughs> but this book in question uh, that Shriver is supposed to have written is this book called Goat, uh, Goat Time. And it it feels like it might have been like a very much a, you know, be a man, do this shit. And what I find interesting about that is that they give you just enough about the film or about the book to give you an idea of what that book could have been slash what it could have been used to represent. And there's this amazing sequence where Shriver asks a question to this author who had just finished a reading and no one asked her any questions, which was heartbreaking, by the way. But in that moment, he asks, yes, heard this female about why she, uh, about why she'd never considered writing from the male perspective. And <laughs> it's one of those things where, look, I, I think most of us have been to you know, like an open mic or a con or something where you can ask questions of the artist. And there are those questions where you just, you just don't ask those questions. And as he's saying it, I'm sitting there going, dude, take the off ramp. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Do not ask this fucking question. And you see the look of real terror <laughs> on multiple people's faces as he's asking this question, including Don Johnson, who... I gotta say, Don Johnson, man, I know that, I know he, of course, did Knives Out and Django Unchained uh, recently, but just seeing him recently in Watchmen doing my rewatch of, uh, or watching that for the first time, pardon me, but between that and Keenan and um, and even the Nash Bridges uh, TV flick, I've, I've really liked a lot of stuff Don Johnson's been in recently, and in here, without spoiling anything, there is something to his character that 
he did that I just went, oh, you're a bastard for that. But it really, it's one of those things that I've seen more often than not in artistic communities. And that's, for me, is what's so fascinating about this movie. Because if you're, you know, if you're a painter, if you're a writer, actor, whatever, if you're if you're in the artistic community or you know someone who is in the artistic community, the way that some people hit and the way that some people don't, and the reason why those people who don't is usually not a good reason. It might be because, you know, there are definitely pockets. Sorry, pardon me, pockets. The whole world of sexist. But there's uh, there's a really great subplot with Kate Hudson Simone where they really talk about how she's actually a pretty damn good writer, but she just she just did not hit. And when you find out why she didn't hit, it's one of those things you go, oh, son of a bitch. I believe it's uh, Teresa, who's played by Rami uh, uh, By- uh, Byron. Is what I'm, uh, I'll go Byrne, uh, Rami Byrne. Um, she's like Simone's kind of assistant. And she has this great line about how, you know, I don't want to be, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be fucking in this town when I'm, you know, in my late 30s. I want to be in Brooklyn with a, you know, with a publicist and someone actually getting me you know, book deals. And it's one of those things where it sounds harsh in the moment, but she has bigger aspirations than the town she's in. And that in itself is its own fascinating subplot, because I think we all know people, you know, I, I, myself, I myself can speak to this where, you know, I grew up in Pismo Beach, California, you know, where they make white people and, and it's, it's a small ass town. So for dating purposes, that's difficult for job purposes. That's difficult for, you know, real estate. That's difficult. And there was just this point in my early twenties. I went, you know, if I go out in the world, I don't find what I'm looking for, or I'm not happy, you know, Pismo beach, the 805 will always be there. You know, they do make a great beer, but you know, this town will always be here. And you, and yet you have those people who go, nope, I've, found, I've settled in my space. I'm good. I don't, you know, I don't want or aspire to be anything else. And it's really interesting how you have the people who have settled in that. And you have people like Simone who are angry about how they've had to settle into that. Um, I, I didn't mention her yet, but uh, Divine Joy Randolph plays this woman who's also going to the, convention, uh, to the convention. She's an author. Her name is Delta, and there's <laughs> and there's this moment where she's talking to Shriver and goes, you know, hey, you know, like, could you look over my, you know, my biography? Any kind of because of course he's not Shriver. He's like, uh, I don't really want to look at this, but he's trying not to be rude. And without missing the beat, she goes, oh, I hope the graphic sex in this doesn't offend you. And the look that <laughs> the look that Shriver has made me laugh so fucking hard. And then she immediately follows that up with going, oh, I know it won't offend you. So it does make you go, OK, the Shriver, like, were there some public stuff with Shriver that we know that he's, you know, that he's a kinky motherfucker or maybe something in, uh, you know, in his book about it. So the movie does a good job of giving you these little droplets of information to go ahead and connect. I do think you need to be paying attention, but you get enough information on Shriver to go ahead and connect to him and connect to this book that so many people have 
really built up. It's really fascinating how I think about something like uh, like Atlas Shrugged versus this this book. I read Atlas Shrugged. It's a piece of shit, by the way. But it makes it kind of made me think of that same thing, not to the same degree, but in that same realm of how some people just idolize this book. And then when you get to the actual reading of it and the problematic elements of it, you go, why do people idolize this book so much? And that's a, I think that in itself is its own fascinating question. And the movie does a really good job of playing uh, with the, your expectations in that way. I I didn't mention him yet, but he has a small role. But but uh, I'd hear uh, uh, Kalan is in this movie. You most likely know him. Uh, he was in Up in the Air. He was in uh, Youth in Revolt. You most likely know him recently. Um, I know him, at least, uh, from Rules of Engagement, that Patrick Warburton, David Spade, Megan Price show where he played Timmy. He's hilarious on there. And while I think that show can be very grating sometimes because David Spade's Russell is such a piece of shit in that show, the thing that I always took away from from watching uh, Adhir was his comedic timing. He, he always seemed to nail the jokes exactly when he needed to. And even the more emotional beats, because they actually do exist on that show, shockingly, he was able to knock those out of the park too. And he plays this character named Victor who's written a play and there's an earnestness to him just as an actor that I'm just such a big fan of and when he's talking to Shriver in particular about this play you feel the passion that he's poured into this play and it's really endearing I do wish we would have gotten a little more with Victor but he's there to play his part and he does it really well but I, I mean, honestly, I would have loved to gotten more information on Victor. And, I mean, a Victor spinoff? I would not be mad at that. But he's a really good actor, and I'm happy to see him in this movie. And going, you know, sharing scenes with Michael Shannon, that, you know, that's fucking awesome. I'm, I'm really happy for him just as a fan who I just like the dude. So, really happy to see him in this, too. So, my real big complaint about this movie is the ending. Because, as I mentioned, the walls obviously are closing in because of this lie. And one thing about the lie, before I kind of get to my complaint, I really love the way that the director, um, that director, Michael Marin, I love the way he plays with shots. Because anytime kind of a big moment happens where maybe he's talking about the book or maybe he's convinced someone, you know, to believe in themselves or whatever, he has a conversation with himself, essentially, where you know, his inner, his inner insecure person's going, dude, you're fucking this up. You realize they're going to find out what are you going to do when you fuck this up even more? How long can you keep this, you know, keep this going? And the way that uh, Michael shoots those shots, there's this one shot in particular, and uh, I want to say it's in the hotel room where he's, you know, talking to himself, but it's shot the camera's pulled back, and so you see him talking to himself, but it's like he's talking to, himself, uh, talking to himself in a mirror. And it's a really cool shot. And there's multiple moments like that where Michael plays with the camera as far as him having this conversation internally. But the way it's physically represented on the screen is it, fucking beautiful. I love the way those moments in particular go down because it just allows for Michael Shannon to be Michael Shannon, just act his ass off. My my real big complaint, as I mentioned, um, is is it's it's the ending, and the biggest reason for that is because this movie apparently shot 
was like maybe 80%, maybe yeah, probably about 80% done from while I was looking up and how COVID happened. And they were delayed for about 400 days to go ahead and finish the film. And so they really had to go ahead and pull the actors they could and make the tweaks they could and, you know, try to basically wrap it up to the best of their abilities. I've talked about it with my Falcon and the Winter Soldier review. COVID, is a, COVID was a thing, is a thing. It's still a thing, people. I understand that, you know, you logistically, I can't imagine trying to get all these, the cast and crew and everyone back to try to finish this up. And so it is a complaint, but it's a complaint that I completely understand. I mean, that's something out of your, you know, out of your control. What the fuck are you going to do? So I do think the ending does get jumbled. But outside of that, getting to my final thoughts here, I just enjoyed this. At the end of the day, this was just a charming, fun comedy that's very, again, very witty, very uncomfortable when it needs to be, which, again, I love as it got more uncomfortable. I I know we talk about her, but man, Kate Hudson. I, I just, I know Kate Hudson did a bunch of, like, rom-com. Like, I, I'm still mad at Kate Hudson for Fool's Gold, Fool's Gold, because goddamn it, I hate that movie. But when you look at Kate Hudson's filmography, Kate Hudson's a hell of an actress. I think that we actually sleep on Kate Hudson a decent amount. I mean, Almost Famous alone is so brilliant and she's so brilliant in it that that should wipe out like five to six of those bad rom-coms. She should have won the Oscar for that, by the way. But this is really well done. It's well handled. I had a lot of fun watching this. As far as my grade, it gets difficult because, again, that ending does get complicated but at the same time, I was enjoying myself so much. So I'm going to give this a B plus. I think that's fair given the ending, but where I land on it and just think about how much fun I did have and how much I did laugh, I I really enjoyed this. Um, there's also this rant about kangaroo, uh, kangaroo drinks, which Shriver has that, <laughs> that really makes me laugh. And I'll probably be quoting that. But yeah, this is a solid B plus. Uh, you can... Down, uh, you can uh, stream this, uh, rent it on uh, Prime Video. I think it's like six ninety nine. It's well worth six nine uh, six ninety nine. It's like an hour forty ish, so it's under two hours. It's a fun watch. I really enjoyed this, and I think you will too. So yeah, a little white lie, solid B plus for me. But everyone, have you seen the movie? What did you think of it? Let us know in the comments. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. Um, you can go ahead and find uh, the podcast pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, don't forget to rate, share, subscribe. Uh, it definitely helps us out. But you can find uh, us on SoundCloud, Apple Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, TuneUp, and Samsung Podcasts, to name a few. At The Real Pineapple, you can find me on TikTok at BlackShazam775. You can find me on Letterboxd at Black Shazam, and you can find me on Instagram at uh, jhunterrealpineapple, and you can like both our pages on Facebook at The Real Pineapple and Real Pineapple Games, and you can follow me on uh, LinkedIn, if that's your thing, you can find me on uh, LinkedIn.com uh, slash jhunter, oh no, at the, at the Joshua Hunter, pardon me, and for all of this, you can go ahead and follow, uh, follow our link tree. That's uh, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash J Hunter Real Pineapple. Uh, that has all of our socials and everything. But 
Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I am happy to announce I will have a review with Michael Marin that will come out the same time you're listening to this. So once you listen to this review, go check out the interview. It's a really great interview. I had a blast doing it. Michael is a great guest, and I think y'all uh, y'all will enjoy it. But uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, we're going to have reviews coming up uh, with quite a few people. I got a review uh, coming up here with uh, SJ Finley. I've got a review coming up with uh, uh, Yao Gonzalez, who went ahead and is nominated for an Oscar, um, uh, which we'll get into that. Uh, I'll save that for the, uh, for the review. I have an interview as well um, for with the Clay Crawford to go along with his film, uh, The Integrity of Joseph Chambers, and I have a review coming up for CC Dances the Go Go uh, short film along with that uh, an interview with that director in uh, Aaron C Buckley. So I've got quite a few reviews coming up with interviews. So keep an eye out on the channel for those. But everyone, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there. Take care of each other. Uh, for Oscar week, uh, since we uh, this upcoming week is Oscars, I will have reviews for a lot of Oscar films because I have a lot of those that I've been waiting to release, but that's including reviews for uh, Babylon, uh, After Sun, uh, Empire of Light. Um, yeah, got a lot of reviews coming up uh, for a lot of uh, Oscar stuff. But everyone, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there again, and we'll talk to you soon.